0: From the Rams studio, connected by AT&T, welcome to Between the Horns. Miles Simmons, DeMarco Farr is to my left today. This is a little odd, but who cares because the Los Angeles Rams are the 2017 NFC West
1: division champions. Yes, Mr. Simmons. Oh, stop. You have a jacket on, so it's Mr. Simmons now. Uh, Where's Miles? Where's the guy with the vest? I want to talk (laughs) football with Miles, not Mr. Simmons, (laughs) not the substitute teacher. No, I'm kidding. Good stuff. No, I mean, <laughs> yeah. great. I mean, I've been saying it for a while. It sounds great. Tried on for size. Uh, LA Rams, NFC West Division Champions. Yeah. That sounds really good. Um, it doesn't sound far fetched. This team has really, really earned it. Yeah. Yeah. From camp to now, um, they've got nothing but better and they stayed together. How many miles have they traveled this year? So to get here? many. Yeah. Wow. So
0: many times we've been on planes. Yes. Yeah, wow. I don't
1: know that many teams that could handle that with a first-year coach.
0: Right. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about this um, back after the, the London trip, mm-hmm. right? Like, that was a trip where you were able to, to go into Jacksonville. Your offense didn't have the best day. We know how good that Jacksonville defense mm-hmm. is now. But special teams came through with the win. Uh, the defense came through with that win. And then – you stay in Jacksonville where you could have been distracted all week. Right. You fly over to London. Yeah. Yeah. You fly over to London. Yeah. And then you still defeat the Cardinals 33 to zero. And I think that was really just a point in the season where you say, all right, like, boom, that that's, that that's where you say you take control of the division, I think. Yeah. And it, now here we are, it's December true. 26th, and boom,
1: you know, the, the Rams are going to host hole. a playoff game. A mud hole in Arizona, then you come back for a bye, then you go to New York and do the exact same thing. Right. Uh, in the middle of all that, from New York to, to now to Tennessee, you lose Robert Woods, your, arguably your most productive best receiver, yeah. and... You don't miss a beat. You don't. Uh, Guys just pick up the pace. Uh, Receivers pick it up. Uh, Todd Gurley picks it up. Your offensive line picks it up. This is funny. You may have a Pro Bowl quarterback or you're going to have a Pro Bowl quarterback. You will probably, yeah. Possibly an MVP running back and not a single Pro Bowler on the offensive line you tell me how that's possible nfl
0: well yes you
1: tell me how that's possible there
0: should be at least two i firmly believe oh yeah andrew whitworth is
1: a first alternate possibly three with your center yes the guy's been tremendous yeah i mean your whole left side from your center out uh should have gotten pro bowl consideration in uh, my opinion
0: yeah no i I would agree with you and obviously we we watch these games every week and we see these guys every day so it's it's a little bit different Mm -hmm. i think from our perspective perception um, than a national one, but at the same time, yeah, you don't get to where you are without those guys doing what they've done. And I mean particularly Roger Saffold because yeah. of how he's been able to play so well with Andrew Whitworth to his left and then John Sullivan to his right.
1: I think those two guys have been great for him, but just allowing Roger to be a left guard mm-hmm. and just maximize your ability there has been terrific. But lost in all this about Sean McVay talking to Jared Goff pre-snap, Right, I mean that's been overblown in my opinion. I agree. The guys out wide may or may not be affected by what goes on Mm -hmm. uh, when Jared Goff changes the play. Todd Gurley may or may not be affected by when Jared Goff changes the play. Those five guys up front are changing everything on the fly. Right, and still you come up with a zero Pro Bowler. Does that doesn't make sense? But they have been (laughs) absolutely uh, tremendous, and I still think there's more out there for them. Yeah, I still think they can get better. Well, I
0: think we you can ask the question, okay, why are the Rams division champions? And you've got a long, long list of reasons, and we'll get to many of them, I think, in this show. Mm-hmm. But one of them is definitely that the guys up front have played together, have started all 15 games of this season together so far. They're the only team in the NFL to do that this year. Yeah. So that is definitely a big reason for success.
1: Having Andrew Whitworth here, it's funny. its It's overstated sometimes, but... When a guy comes in and just changes the culture of a room, mm-hmm. uh, look just look no farther than that guy. I mean, the toughness, the professionalism, the everything, how the offensive line is the forefront of everything you do. Um, this has been a defensive-led football team for years, but now it's shifted back to the offense, and it starts with those guys. It starts with him out in front. So uh, I think that could be the reason why – and Luck is involved, the same five guys starting all season long – but. When you have that and you talk about the same five guys, usually you're talking about that team either as a champ or moving into the playoffs Mm -hmm. in some uh, way, shape, or fashion. So uh, it's been great. Even when they go down in the game, Andrew Whitworth missed time, fought his butt back to get back in. Rob Havenstein missed time, fought his way back into the lineup. John Sullivan, same thing, missed time, fought his way back into the lineup. So. These guys refuse to come out. It means a lot more to them than just starts. Yeah. it means everything to them. Yeah,
0: it does. That's not really the way I thought we were going to start off this show by talking about the offensive line. But I think it's fun, you know, because that's people why they didn't have a
1: pro bowler right there. <laughs> no, see, but you say Blame but it we, on Miles. No, Mr. you always Simmons.
0: say you always say it starts up front, and yes. I think that was a good place for us to start when we're talking about the Rams being yeah. NFC West champions.
1: Well, you think about Todd Gurley and these. Majestic runs of his well. He didn't create the hole on his own right and that's a traditional rush attempt Well the screens that have been such a big part of this Rams offense Well guess who's out in front, mm-hmm. you know either before or after he receives the football It's going to be those offensive linemen. Mm-hmm. And it's funny. You know when you see a Todd Gurley You know touchdown run from, from a, a screen or a reception look into the end zone and see which guys are with him right or right behind him Either 77 is already there and or 76 is trailing the play right and he made the key block so yeah, they're special. I mean, and I think the right side guys have come along. Jamon yeah. Brown has made strides. I think Rob Havenstein has made strides. And the tight ends on the outside have made tremendous strides in the in the run game that, that have helped spring Todd Gurley and in the passing game. So, uh, But that in particular, that group, that's why I said there's more out there for this offense. This offense has room to grow a little bit more.
0: Well, you talk about Todd Gurley, and, yes, the MVP consideration now. I mean, that, that freight train has really, really mm-hmm. picked up steam, and I think – if there's one play that just sort of exemplifies it it's that 80 yard touchdown he had in that 27 to 23 victory over Tennessee and it was just a play where you know i'm sitting there in the press box and there's an expectation of decorum in mm-hmm. the press box if you will you don't cheer no cheering you don't in do, the press yeah, box yeah and i did not cheer let me let me be very clear on that but i thought like reflecting back on it my reaction to when Todd Gurley takes off on that play you know he basically makes a cut and then he's gone and I'm sitting there saying oh my goodness oh my goodness oh my goodness and it's funny because you know you listen to JB's call on the Mm -hmm. radio Maurice Jones Drew's like oh he's gone he's gone you listen to you watch it on TV and I think it's Daryl Johnston the color guy is like wow wow and it's that it's that kind of play where you just can't help but exclaim because you know you're witnessing something very, very special on the field.
1: I mean, you, you have to be in awe of ability, ability like that. I mean, first of all, the play call to get him out in space, and then once he's in space, what he does with it. And when, like I said, when you see him outrun professional safeties, usually at free safety or any safety, that's your, be- your best athlete. Not on defense, on the team. right? Your most consistent guy and your fastest guy, and he's erasing angles in a blink. Like, you may think you have him on a dead angle, and then all of a sudden it bends, and it's gone, and you're behind him. And now you're chasing him, and you're still not gaining ground until he slows down. So, uh, just special what he's doing. Um, And I hope he gets the hardware he deserves. Mm -hmm. If not, so be it. I mean, it's all about the Lombardi trophy anyway. But, you know, I, I hope the NFL gets it right this time. The best player... Right now is Todd Gurley, especially through the month of December, well, no doubt.
0: Yeah, I mean, you look at just all the things that he's been able to do, mm. over the, especially over the last couple of games, but just from the perspective of, okay, like what, what, is, what are his numbers right now? Mm. He's leading the league in yards from scrimmage. He's got 2,093. He's leading the league in touchdowns. He's got 19. He's leading the, lead, the league in yards rushing with 1,305. And he's leading the league in rushing touchdowns. He's got 13. Wow. So, right, you you see what I'm saying? Like, right, exactly, wow. Wow. And so he's second on the team, excuse me, he leads the team with 64 receptions, second on the team with
1: 788 yards receiving. Now, completely different guy, different style of running back, but the only time I've seen that was when Marshall was in uniform. Right. To where there was nothing a defense can do to stop him. You load the box, he hits you out of the backfield in the passing game. Okay, you may play loose, give him a cover, two, and say, we dare you to run the football. Well, he's going to make you pay for that big time. Mm -hmm. Uh, He gets in space in a phone booth, I like to say, with two or three defenders. Uh, I wouldn't say that. It's a rare occasion where the Rams miss blocks, and he's got to make a play. Well, he does that, too. I can stiff-arm you, hurdle the next guy, and outrun the third. When you take on an entire secondary by yourself and you keep winning, look, that's MVP. Mm -hmm. Um, Brady and quarterbacks... They're great. They stand in the pocket. They dissect your defense. They deliver the ball to the open man, and that guy scores, and you never move off your spot. Todd is carrying the football from A to B. Right. To me, that's worth more than what any quarterback can or is doing right now. Well,
0: I I just think, again, that that 80-yard touchdown, you're talking about carrying the ball from A to B, right? Like, that – Those are yards that Todd Gurley gets Mm -hmm. that nobody else is getting on the field, and he's able to do it because, I mean, he's fast. His vision is great. He's got guys in front of him to set him up. And then he's able to finish these plays, Mm -hmm. you know? It's just so – it's incredible to watch when you've got a guy like Adoree Jackson who people in L.A. I know are familiar with because of what he did at USC – But he's one of the fastest guys in the league too. Yeah, and so it was funny after the game. Gurley was saying that, like, he even looked up at the jumbotron to sort of see, like, okay, who is behind me? Oh yeah, right. You know, you kind of look in the right. You look in the rearview mirror and you're like, all right. So he sees that Adoree Jackson's sort of coming up, and that's when Todd said, "I took a different, a little bit of a different angle, so I could get to the end zone and make sure that I got
1: there." Yeah, And, and
0: that's. That's the kind of special thing that I think he's doing right now. True.
1: When I'm on the sideline with him and he's going, when he starts to get in that zone, you can tell when he's in that zone. Right. Yeah, when he's starting to take over the game, I will tell the photographers and the guys on the sideline with me, you better back up a half step. Because if he's heading down the sideline and he gets bumped out of bounds, it's going to be on a ricochet shot. Yeah. Yeah, he's not going out of bounds to to save himself. He's going to get knocked out of bounds, and he's not going to (laughs) stop until he slows down. So he may run you over to get there. and. When they see it and you see how big he is and how fast he is, I mean, you start to see the, the sideline clear out. And you start to see defenders on the field really start to make those quote-unquote business decisions. Mm-hmm. You better get your head on the right side of him because if not, you're going to be in concussion protocol. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't, I'm not saying that just to be funny. That is a fact. Right. If you get caught by one of those knees or if he drops the shoulder on you and you're in the wrong position, you're going to get helicoptered and yeah. you may be out of there. Yeah, it's dangerous down there with him when he's going full speed.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Do you ever? Who was a running back that was like that when you were playing? Where you're like, man, I gotta, I gotta be sure I'm right on my technique, otherwise. Who? Um.
1: Well, Steven Jackson at his best. Uh, yeah. Another Ram. I yeah. mean, big, strong, fast. When he got in the open field, that, I mean, you have to protect yourself as a defender because if he dips his head, Leonard Fournette earlier. Yeah. He was doing the same thing to safeties. I mean, he was knocking guys out, but. You know, Todd's looking to score. He's looking to be dynamic. But if it comes down to it and he's got to drop the shoulder on you, remember, he's got you outweighed and he's probably moving faster than you are yeah. at that moment. Yeah.
0: Well, just 456 yards over the last two games, yards from scrimmage, six touchdowns. He's averaging 8.14 yards per touch, which is ridiculous.
1: That's, almost, that's that close. To be an unstoppable—that's yeah. a first down, a touch, right, yeah. almost. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah,
0: which is why it's—it's it's just so fun to watch him right now, and I think it's again, it's why all of the players on the Rams are basically were campaigning for Todd Gurley to be MVP in the locker room after that game. I mean, it was really interesting. You had two things going on: one, mm-hmm. a celebration which was well earned and well deserved, mm-hmm. and two, you had guys. I mean, yes, obviously they're prompted by the media asking <laughs> them questions, but. Anytime somebody would ask, okay, what do you think about Todd Gurley's performance, it's MVP. I
1: I hope I'm not telling trade secrets, but um, being in the locker room, and this just happened in Tennessee, and this happened the last couple of weeks, where Todd might be the last guy in the locker room before the head coach speaks. Uh Because, you know, he's Todd Gurley. He's got a lot of responsibility, and people want to see him talk to him, but... The team was euphoric. They're division champs. Everybody's happy and jumping around, but it didn't go to, like, level 10 until Todd came in. Really? As soon as the team saw him, they went berserk. Hmm. They went absolutely – I can't even tell you what they did, but you know what I mean. Yeah. They went berserk when they saw him, and it's like, okay, now the party can start. Yeah. um, I hope they don't have to, like, proclaim very loudly about how good he's been and how valuable he is to this football team because – It should be obvious. If you're paying attention, that's your MVP.
0: Right. I mean, he had 276 yards from scrimmage in that game um, against Tennessee. And the other thing he did, it's something that had only been done twice before Mm -hmm. in the entire history of the National Football League. And that's have over 100 yards rushing and 150 yards receiving. That, that's only been done twice before in the league. Yes. And the, the the last time it happened was in 1986 with Herschel Walker, who is another Georgia running back. Well, so that's kind of cool.
1: Now you understand what I mean when I say ambient player. Yeah. Every coordinator in the world is saying, how do we stop him? Right, yeah. because he can hit you in so many different ways. Right. Uh, if we're weak here, McVay going to exploit it. Yep. Even if we've got it sewed up, he can find a way out. So. Eventually, you're going to have to deal with the fact that Todd Gurley is going to be in space in the open field against your secondary. I and mean, what are
0: you going to do about it?
1: Right. I mean, all you can do is tell your guys get him on the ground. Yeah. Because eventually, it's going to happen. So whether or not he hits the end zone is dependent on how well you tackle at that moment. Mm-hmm. And if you miss, you see, you saw what happened in Tennessee. He can go from anywhere.
0: Well, it's funny. I just think about everything that people were kind of saying last year about Todd Gurley. You know, does he have the vision? What's going on? Da 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 da. And then you now see him, and it's basically like, oh, so this is why the Rams drafted him at number 10 overall, coming off that ACL injury after what he did at Georgia. And it's why, you know, he was the, the 2015 rookie of the year, yeah. offensive rookie of the year, I should say. It's all of these things that, you know, now in this scheme, with the way the offensive line is playing, with the way the guys on the outside are playing, mm-hmm. like Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and Sammy Watkins. You've now been able to really unlock Gurley's potential, I think, now based on all the other things that have happened.
1: I I think he's better than I thought he would ever be. Oh, me too, I thought he'd be one of the better running backs. I thought he'd be the next Adrian Peterson. A first, second down back that you just couldn't stop, he'd be a sledgehammer. But this whole passing game, the the added dynamic, better than I ever thought he could be. Um, So what you're going to cause is um, a lot of teams to reach on guys trying to get this. Trying to get a guy like this, yeah. and I don't think a guy like this exists right now. I don't know that. It yeah, I mean, I think it's the perfect storm of coach, quarterback, O line, player. Yes, and the belief that you can be something better than what you think you can be.
0: What's funny, you know, you talk about different guys and you know trying to get trying to get the next, mm-hmm. at, et cetera, right? It's a copycat so league. Yeah. It is. It's a copycat league, and it, and it's funny that you bring that up about Todd Gurley because you start to hear the same things about teams and coaching changes Mm -hmm. and trying to get the next Sean McVay, right? And and gosh, that's going to be really hard for any team that really wants to replicate who Sean McVay is and what he's meant to this franchise, I think, because he's such a unique individual. Yeah. And you look at the fact that he is the youngest head coach to ever take his team to the playoffs, and I believe I've got that stat right. Um, That's something that's unique, I, I really think, because he has no ego, and a lot of times, when you see young head coaches, they come in and they're trying to basically make you forget the fact that they are as young as they are. Sean McVay doesn't have to try to do that because who he is just allows him to do his job, yeah. you know. And you can say this about, a, a, you can really say this about him, I think, because of how he implemented the coaching staff. What other really young head coach can you think of that? went out and got arguably the best defensive coordinator this league has ever seen, hmm. it, who is 69 years old. Or one yeah. Right. Dick LeBeau was out there, too. Dick LeBeau was yeah, out yeah, there, he, too. Right. That's why I said arguably. Yeah, yeah. I right. said arguably, and right. I didn't mean to disrespect yeah, yeah. Dick LeBeau because he right. is great. Um, but you have that element of it. You have the other, the guy who was the interim head coach and has been around for so long, kept him on, too. Yeah. It, it's the fact that I don't know the 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 fact that McVeigh basically has no ego and he is all about the we and all about the team. Yeah, that I I don't think you can underplay that.
1: I think the league through Sean McVay and the success this team is having. Uh, there could be a renaissance, younger head coaches. Maybe, um, which, like honestly,
0: yeah. it might be better than just starting the to go the retread, yeah. around yeah. and around and around. You've already yeah. shown who you are.
1: Sometimes you you go with the unknown and, and you take a shot, and it works out mm-hmm. for certain teams. It's worked out for the Rams. So, I mean, there'll be other coordinators, young guys, that might get a shot sooner than later. Maybe not head coach, but you may become a coordinator faster. Maybe, yeah. At a younger yeah. age. Yeah. And and you'll have a chance to be a head coach at a younger age. So, Look, uh, the ego thing, I'm with you. I mean, I think he does a great job of complimenting his coaches and his players. But make no mistake about it, he wants to beat everybody. Oh, I know. Absolutely everybody. And not just win, into the dust. And Mm -hmm. I respect that about him. Um, But it's always about team first. So, yeah, all he does, um, from my perspective, from what I can see, is wake up, eat, sleep, football. Period. End of story. And I think for the most part, when you talk about the travels and everything this team has gone through schedule-wise, that's all they're about is just about the game on Sunday. I wouldn't say unflappable, but you know, things like that, that don't tend to bother them. Just like being division champs this early. I don't think it's really going to bother them. Mm -hmm. I think they kind of expected it and they understand it. So there's a great blend of youthful exuberance and veteran leadership, either from the players and from the coaching staff. And the point you made about Wade Phillips, um, about hiring this staff, Uh, what coordinator or what guy with that sort of resume, says yes to the youngest head coach ever. Right. Yeah. No, kid, you know what? Good luck, but no. Yeah. That's going nowhere. You know what? I like you. I understand that. Uh, The guys that have hired you, I know, and they don't hire just anyone. Mm -hmm. So you already have my respect, and then I meet you, and you're everything I thought you would be. So, yes, I'll come coach you. I'll come coach with you. I'll come help you. I'll come help build this franchise. So uh, it's been fantastic to watch, especially those those two guys and those two groups come together to Build one of the better staffs in the league. Yeah,
0: I, it, I, I think you really can't say enough of just about the way this coaching staff mm-hmm. came together and the way that they have really, I think, gotten the most out of all of the guys that are on that are that are here. Yeah, you've know, you, you've put guys in real good position to be successful. Yeah, and obviously we just talked about all the things with Todd Gurley and we were mentioning the offensive line a bit earlier too. But even Jared Goff, you know, you you go back to the beginning of the season and. It's just okay. You expect remember to the see progress. Talk? Yes, I oh, I remember the Mannion talk. talk. I do remember the wow. Mannion talk. Do you uh, remember the Mannion talk? I remember
1: all of the Manion talk. Mm-hmm. Um, that training camp was interesting. Yeah, like oh boy, I don't know if this is going to work.
0: This well, to right. Be
1: the, wow. This is going to be a work in progress. And I remember going into that Oakland game, the preseason game, where you started to see wow. Okay, I get it now. Uh-huh. I understand when you see the the entire offensive game plan together, and it was a. Shortened version, but it, it is preseason. But you saw that Rams offense manip- manipulate that Raider defense right. into giving them the matchups or the open space that they wanted at will. Yep. I get it. Wow, this is unbelievable. This has a chance to be something special. I didn't think it was going to be 30 points a game. I don't think anybody thought no, it would be 30 points but, a game. Good lord. But Jared Goff, it was obvious from the start, from that point, he can run this offense. Mm-hmm. He's athletic enough to run this offense. He's got enough arm to get the ball anywhere it needs to go in this offense. Um, physically, I think he can do it. Handling it mentally, I think, is a whole nother story. Yeah. He's been challenged like he's never been challenged before, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. The things he's been asked to do on the fly or week to week, and it keeps growing. Think about what it's going to be next year. Two years from now. Right. Three years down the road. As the,
0: as you continue, the expectations only grow. And yeah. that's something that, you know, players have talked about, and they talk about embracing those expectations mm-hmm. and trying to match and, or exceed what those expectations mm-hmm. are. But just going through Goff's stat line, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk about this in a bit, mm-hmm. but it's unclear whether or not he's going to see the field anymore in 2016. Oh, he's going to but-
1: see it. Whether he was going to take it is a different story. Yeah, you're not going okay.
0: out there. Okay, Mr. Semantics. I'm just saying. There talk you're about the field. Talk about going me out being there. substitute teacher. <laughs> uh, but he's completed 62% of his passes, 3,804 passing yards, 28 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. And, again, it's just a really remarkable kind of turnaround from year to year. And, yes, you could say, all right, obviously quarterbacks, from year one to year two, they do take steps. Mm. But – Nobody thought that Jared Goff was going to finish this season. Nobody, I should say nobody outside the building mm-hmm. really thought that Jared Goff was going to finish with a point uh, five quarterback rating this wow. year. Wow, probably I he did. I didn't Probably
1: he did. But, right. I mean, look, w- what a difference a year makes. But, I mean, the guys they brought in, especially, like, upgrading the receiver room. Right. Yeah, Robert Woods, you know, being as good as advertised. Mm-hmm. And you had to be, I, I would say, a football nerd. To, to really know that Robert Woods could be this good because up in Buffalo, he ran great routes. The mm-hmm. ball just didn't get to him. You know, it was a different situation, a different quarterback, a different, you know, a, a different offensive game plan, but the route running was as precise as anybody in the National Football League and he's brought that professionalism here. Yes. And you couple that with a guy who knows how to use him and Todd Gurley manipulating the defense, creating those open spaces for you. Um, they've been tremendous. Now, Cooper Cup, um I think you're one catch away or one drop away from having a rookie of the year type season.
0: Are you referring to? And it's a little that unfortunate one. that we have to like say which drop, but the drop against Seattle. Against Seattle, Seattle yeah. that one. Well, it you could also say from golf. Yeah. you could also say a fumble away in Minnesota because that would have True. changed the game.
1: Um, Great play by Minnesota. I wouldn't take that away from anybody. I but know. I know you're a yeah, defensive guy. But that yes. was out of hand. That was into hands. That, sh- that was a touchdown, and it just didn't happen. Now, right. look, he's made some great catches. In Tennessee, I think he saved the day for you. Yeah, oh, yeah. Absolutely. So he's more than made up for it. More but than once, actually. Yeah, so I think all he cost himself with that so far is probably some hardware. But everything else being equal... The guy's been tremendous, still doesn't play like a rookie in my opinion.
0: No, I don't think he does either. And I think, you know, you you just said he probably saved the day um, against Tennessee. That was an incredible catch, excuse me, in the back of the end zone on that third down in the fourth quarter. Yeah. And technically it is now Goff's first fourth quarter comeback of his career because he's able to complete that pass. That was
1: like a movie. Like, I'm serious. That was like the longest yard. That last scene in the original Longest Yard was in slow motion. That ball hung up in the air forever.
0: Demarco, you know I have not seen the Longest Yard.
1: Either one? No. There's a remake too. I know. You haven't. S- you don't see
0: football movies. I've seen. I've seen some football movies, but like, come on. You know. You know me. Where are we even you friends? Know, I, I
1: don't know. I, look, we the only thing football. that connects us <laughs> is football. Anyway,
0: and you don't even <laughs> see football movies. That's insane. I've seen some football movies. I've okay. seen. Remember the
1: Titans. It's but, um, dramatic movies Gene, where it's in slow motion. The one
0: that where's Gene Hackman and...
1: Um, the Replacements? Yeah, The Replacements. I love that That's movie. That's a comedy. It's a great movie. Oh, my goodness. Anyway, but yes, it's <laughs> the last scene is in slow motion. That ball hung in the air forever. <laughs> it did. It was a great route, great space, and Jared Goff ball placement right on the money yeah. and Cooper Cup doing the toe tap to... to. And look, I mean, I even had to to, like, educate some fans, and I rarely do this, take my headset off and just... Mouth the words to people, one knee equal two feet, people. Dude, I had to do the exact same yeah. thing yeah. in the press box. Yes. Because
0: everybody was like, I don't think he got two feet. And one I said, one knee, one knee equals two feet. two feet.
1: Yeah, read the rule book. But, yeah, yeah <laughs> just just a, an awesome play, great play. The thing I love most about him, uh, catch, drop, touchdown, what have you, he's the same guy. And that reminds me of Jared Goff. Mm-hmm. No matter what, win, lose, same guy. Yeah. Flat line. So. And those sort of guys have a tendency to keep getting better and better and better and better.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's funny. You just, the way that Cooper cup, I think has emerged this year. It's something that we saw, you know, that that he had the ability in OTAs Mm -hmm. and then in training camp, but you just never know how these things are going to turn out. Right. Right. Because he's a record setter in, in FCS. We all know that he, Mm -hmm. he did. He was an incredible wide receiver at Eastern Washington, Mm -hmm. but you have to be able to translate things to the game. And, Ever since he's gotten here, he has shown that he is not your typical rookie wide receiver. No doubt. And it's nice to see that that has translated... To him being so good on the field oh
1: no doubt he had his eminem moment um an eminem moment? eminem moment is, you, i don't know what that just means. follow me on this okay. um when the first time eminem actually took a mic and was going to rap oh in, so you're in saying eminem
0: like not like yeah. eminem the candy the but rapper eminem the rapper
1: imagine the first time he got up to battle rap i know there's a movie made of it but just think in real life i've never seen that movie either you've never seen <laughs> eight mile <laughs> i mean just stop let's just stop right now stop the podcast but just imagine what it was like for him the first time he took the mic. Just what people thought. What, right? is, this what is this guy doing here? What is this guy doing here? And I remember back in training camp, and this is when Tremaine Johnson was, you know, really, really talking to the rest of the football team. He was that guy. And he lined up on Cooper Cup in a seven on seven. Or no, a one, oh, on, a one, was, a one yes, on one. Oh, this was, yes, a one on one. A one this on was one. in
0: training camp. I
1: remember what you're talking about. And I mean, everybody was watching, and I wouldn't say Cooper Cup beat him like a dog, but. He beat him. He beat him. He absolutely just beat him in a one-on-one situation. Yeah. And Tremaine Johnson went back and shook his hand. Yeah. Yeah. That
0: he, was respect. He clapped.
1: Yeah. He clapped and he's like, he was like, "All right, wow, you got me." Now, if you can do that to your most experienced corner in that situation, right. you can do that to just about anybody. Mm-hmm. So we knew probably then this guy was going to be a player, but I think he's been better than advertised for the most part.
0: For sure. I mean, and that's why he is now uh, leading the Los Angeles Rams. In um, yards receiving, he's got 869, so it's a good total form. Nice total form. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's also got five touchdowns and 62 receptions. So. Oh yeah.
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, look, uh, the postseason. I look. I, I don't think it's. Uh, I, we talk about a rookie wall. I don't think he's gonna hit a rookie wall. I yeah. Yeah. If, if you
0: if you do hit the rookie wall, it usually comes around December because yeah. you're not usually playing games in December. Yeah. yeah. Um, but with FCS, I mean, you do play those playoff games. True. So he might be used to playing more. Yeah, it's, I mean? a, it's a
1: different know. level of football, yeah. but still it is the postseason where everything is magnified. Right. Yeah, one mistake and you're out. So I, I don't think he's going to be affected by playing in the quote-unquote postseason. I remember my first postseason game, mm-hmm. um, I was warned that it goes up a level. Like when I was a rookie uh, playing in the preseason, and I thought I had it you know, all made and I knew it. They said, well, the regular season is going to be different, kid, remember. Right. And I felt that difference the first time I went out there. Wow, this is different. And then the postseason the same way. It goes up a notch again. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're going to feel that. Everybody on this roster is going to feel that. Yeah. But the best part about it is guys like Andrew Whitworth have been out there mm-hmm. and at least can brace you for it and, and get you to understand that you're going to need to raise your game up a little bit more. If you think you have – nothing more to give, or you're, or you're giving everything you've got, well, there's more inside you than you know. Hmm. And it's going to come out. You're going to surprise yourself.
0: How does that kind of thing have to start happening? I mean, are they having those conversations now, do you think, starting in the locker room after you win on Sunday? You start saying, okay, like, this is great. We've taken care of this. But there, because there's more out there for us, you need to know what to expect.
1: Yeah, it's weird, and I've been through this to where it's it's week to week, day to day, and you're only worried about, you know, your next opponent. But – you know, it happened to us. We had to play Philadelphia before we got into the postseason. And it's a little bit different because you are champs now. Uh, people treat you as such. And I wouldn't say the last game doesn't matter, but y- your focus is just a little bit off. So I would right. bet those conversations have started now. Mm-hmm. But you don't want to disrespect your opponent. You don't want to right. disrespect right, San Francisco. Right, 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 right. Get ready to play, but I bet those conversations are, are started now.
0: Yeah, it's interesting because of the, the situation that you're in, that the San Francisco game kind of, takes on a different yeah. kind of meaning, you know? Because it's not, it's not meaningless, but it's certainly not as meaningful as it would have been True. had you not won that game, and especially because the Seahawks won their game against right. the Dallas Cowboys. It's, well, it's
1: interesting. The veteran guys could look at the younger guys who are going to play, and they'll never release it or say this publicly, but they're going to look at the guys that are going to play major snaps and say, don't let it down. You're still mm. Rams. This is still the 49ers. We still have a game to win. Um, you don't take a step back because I'm not playing. Yeah. I expect you to play as well as I would have played. So, I mean, you, you keep that same intensity. It's just, you know, your, your starters, your front line guys probably won't play as much, if at all. Yeah, And it's, you know that. You, I remember getting ready to play the NFC Championship game, playing Tampa Bay, when Tampa Bay was Tampa Bay, and we're talking about Super Bowl tickets mm. before we actually played the game. You want to talk about weird? Yeah, that was, that was something our head coach, Dick Vermeil did not want to do. Right. But I he had to. I understand why. Oh, really? Yeah, he had to because we only had a week between games. We were going to play the Super Bowl the next Sunday. Yeah, that's why? the year they moved it back. Oh. Instead of the two weeks, we had one week. So he finished the team speech. I mean, we were getting ready to play, and he said, guys, I have to, we have to, and he let the assistant head coach actually tell us. We huh. only have X amount of tickets for the Super Bowl. This is how we do it: X, Y, and Z. Okay, forget it. forget what I just said. Go beat Tampa. <laughs> it was weird, but he had to do it. Yeah,
0: that's interesting. I didn't yeah. realize that was a year that you didn't have two weeks. Yeah,
1: yeah, we went right from uh, one Sunday to the next. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, I guess
0: that was that was basically like the first year of my football consciousness. Anyway. Oh, really? Okay, yeah, yeah it was back it, in
1: '99. It was odd, um, and you didn't worry about the pain then. I mm. mean, when you're when you're that deep into the postseason, yeah, I mean. I wouldn't say your boo-boos and owies go away. I mean, they're still there, but they just got pushed to the wayside, man. I mean, what's in front of you is way more important than any sort of pain you're going to feel. Right. Yeah. But what was it like, I mean, you said
0: you had to go to Philadelphia. Just what was that sort of week like, you know, in terms of knowing that you've already clinched, knowing that you're going to be in the postseason, but you still have this
1: regular season game to play? It was tougher getting into the hotel. Don't that's don't the first that thing. I, I that's There the were thing. more fans. Way more fans. Oh, yeah.
0: In Philadelphia, you're yes. Saying. There okay. were way
1: more interviews given from oh. guys that don't usually speak. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I think that's gonna happen this week. You still think of yourself <laughs> as the same old team you had in training camp, mm-hmm. but then you realize that the world around you sees you as champions, mm. as division champs, or as a front runner, as the number one seed. You're, you're still just the guys. We're the guys trying to, you know, right the wrong, um, change the culture, but on the outside you're a completely different story right. to the world. And mm-hmm. once those doors open up, it's kind of surprising to you. Huh. Yeah, um, And then after a while, it becomes something you get used to. Like we said, when we were in Tennessee. You saw a lot more autograph seekers, a lot more fans. A lot more fans showed up. Yeah, Rams fans showed up. Well, that becomes the norm after a while. Mm-hmm. You become used to seeing it. But the first time it happens to you, boy, it's special. Hmm. Yeah. It's really, really cool to see.
0: Yeah. So you got people started talking to you. They wanted your autograph finally. Look at
1: this guy. Wait a minute. No. Are you, is that a joke? It's not really a joke. It was a question. That that just hurts. Why did that hurt? You're just mad because you haven't seen 8 Mile and I called you out on it. No. You're the only guy in this world that hasn't seen 8 Mile. I'm, Where are you from? I'm from Cleveland. How could you not have seen
0: 8 Mile? <laughs> How could... We're not Detroit. That's the end of the Cleveland tourism video. That's, well, anyway, go ahead. At least we're not Detroit. Right. Um, I do want to bring this up because... Shoot. It's a thing that people are talking about, and and with good reason. The the kicking situation. Oh, yeah. So we recorded our podcast last week on Wednesday, and then, of course, Wednesday morning. um, Today, we're (laughs) recording it on Tuesday, so hopefully nothing else big happens um, this afternoon, later. But... um, then Greg Zerline, it comes out that he, is, uh, he has an injured back and that he's going on IR mm-hmm. and then that the Rams are going to sign Sam Ficken, who had not made any, he had not even attempted a regular season kick in the NFL. Came out, misses his first two, and he's affected the game basically in the game plan because the Rams have an opportunity on their first drive to kick maybe a 50-yard field goal and they don't You're do it. You're in Zerline range. Yes. yeah You're in Zerline range and you don't do it. But then, you know, Ficken does recover. He makes the next, his next three extra points. And that um, makes it so that the Rams can defeat the Titans the way they do. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I guess my question is, do you think the Rams will stay the way they are at kicker? Or do you think that they're still going to evaluate it and maybe sign a different
1: one? You know, to? I don't know. I, I don't know how they handle that. I mean, I guess, I guess you wouldn't be wrong either way. It's so because tough. Because you had 12 guys in, and he he's the guy you chose out of, the, right. out of that 12, so he's the best of that group. So what do you do, bring the same 11 guys back to compete with him again? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think you just you try to support him and, you know, hope he gets better. And I, look, I think he got better towards the end of the game. He definitely did. Yeah, he definitely I mean, got more comfortable. Imagine how that felt. You were on the couch, and then you're out there for a potential division champion. Right. And you're the place kicker. Yeah. So, I mean... Uh, you, you got your, your your yips out early. So, yeah, um, it may affect play calling. I think it did on Sunday. It may affect it down the stretch. Um, but at some point, you know, it's going to be a factor. Not having your Pro Bowl kickter, kicker is going to be a factor. Right. It already is.
0: Right. Yeah. I mean, you can't just go out and say, all right, well, we're replacing the best kicker in the league and it's going to be fine. Like, it, yeah. it's going to change the way things are. And I don't think that's not the worst thing in the world. Yeah, uh, it's already bad enough that if, your kicker is, is if not. If kicking was automatic,
1: he wouldn't have been on the street. Exactly. Right. Yeah, That's the it's, way it is.
0: Exactly. Yeah. It, it was week sixteen, and you have to bring somebody in. Yeah. And that no matter whether or not they, they were going to be a veteran with mm-hmm. some experience or, or somebody who was passing a series fifty-seven on True. the Monday, and then he's kicking for the Rams on Sunday. Like,
1: yeah. It, it we just kind of, of is what punter. it is. We replaced our punter in ninety-nine. Uh-huh. Uh, and we didn't miss a beat. Um, I believe we had. Replacing
0: a punter is different than replacing a kicker. I though. think
1: we had problems with our place kicker. He got hurt in Tennessee. Oh. And it didn't matter. Uh-huh. Um, if you have a good football team, you have a good football team, period. True. Um, I, I, we, I, I'll speak for myself, sort of disrespected the Titans by saying it probably won't be a field goal game. Uh-huh. Yeah, from here on out, any game could be a field goal game, but yeah. it is what it is. You can't right. change it now.
0: No, you can't change it now. And like like you were saying, I mean, he got better, Sam Ficken I should say, got better as the game went on, and that was a, a critical piece of it. But the, the other thing, I mean, it's not just the field goals, it's the kickoffs, too. Yeah. Because, especially against the Titans, who have a, one of the better returners in the league, I think we can say, in Adoree mm-hmm. Jackson... When those things aren't going into the end zone, deep into the end zone, or out of the end zone, yeah. you've got to make sure you cover those kicks. And Noree Jackson made it really tough on the L.A. True. doing that.
1: Well, it took a page right out of the Rams playbook with that long return across the field. Yes. That's called an adjustment. Uh, and and they did it. Uh, and that's another thing. Marquis Christian uh, getting hurt in that football game. That's one of your best special teamers. Yes. Yeah, so not having that guy out there, I mean, that could be a problem. It mm-hmm. was a problem at one point. But, yeah, I mean – I have every confidence, and so do you, and so does the rest of the world. If you don't, you should, in Bones Fossil. Oh, yes. Uh, especially on uh, yes. kickoffs. Uh, there's, you could place it in certain areas. You could blue kick it uh, to make sure you limit a guy's return. You may give up five extra yards in, in field position. Yeah. I think your defense can handle that, but you can really limit a team from returning it, mm-hmm. even if you can't make it to the end zone. Yeah. yeah.
0: Speaking of uh, special teams, what, do you know what happened on that play, the kickoff, where Tennessee tried to onside it? And then basically, we're told no. Yeah, they cheated. What? Well, uh, what? What
1: happened? Well, they tried Well, they thought because in the press box, it was really unclear. And and there was some there was some gray area. There was the ball spotted, ready to play. Did the officials give you the windup? Like, are they ready for play? Um, but usually, if they do, they'll give the other team a chance to at least put their team out there. Right. Yeah. So I'm.
0: Well, I've also I don't ever recall ever seeing a team. Giving the wine, getting the wine, the ready to play. Right before the other team was lined up in any like the the. It's not that they just weren't lined up. It's that they were in the huddle on the sideline.
1: There was a lot going on. And knowing
0: knowing Bones Fossil like we do, knowing Head Coach Sean McVay like we do, that made absolutely no sense.
1: Right. Oh, they were livid. Yes. Absolutely livid. As they should have been. They should have been. Um. And I'm glad it didn't stand. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I mean. That's. That's. I mean, from Tennessee's perspective, I get it. Any team's perspective, if you're not ready, that's not my fault. If yes, I'm ready to kick yes. off and, and it's it's you put the ball ready for play and you're not ready, that's on you. But, I mean, why would you want to steal one like that anyway?
0: Uh, well, because you want to win the game. I,
1: but I wouldn't want to win that way. But I think yeah. it
0: was – it just seemed like it might have been an officiating error. There were a couple. Because yeah. I, it seemed like the Rams were told that there was a timeout, whether it was a TV timeout yeah. or something. And then I was reading lips on the broadcast yeah. and it was and one of the officials on the sideline was like, No, I said it was timeout because right. it you had um, the referee come out and say, before the play happened, Los Angeles called timeout. Right. And then you can see Sean McVay, again, uh, reading lips. And yeah. He's like, no, I didn't. Yeah, yeah, I didn't call timeout.
1: That, that's something they're talking about. Right. That was a mistake. Yes. And yeah. then
0: I think I, you see the official going over, and he's pointing at himself. He says, me. Right. Like, I said there Put was a timeout. Put it on
1: me. Well, right. that was funny. There was a penalty on special teams where I, Sean Mannion got called for a penalty. Yeah. I didn't know Sean also, Mannion was playing pun, I, on punt team. Right. Yeah. yeah. Wow, really? Not it's, only team on white.
0: Not only on yeah. punt team, but he was also on the opposite. Yeah, line, 14 but, and white
1: got a face mask ball. Yeah, really? There, there, there were a few issues. There. R14. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the backup quarterback. Right. Okay. Yeah. There's only two. Yes. Yeah, there's Goff and him, and we're going to put that guy on punting. Right. Just making sure. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 Again, uh,
0: there, there were a few issues there. Yeah. Um, But I do also want to bring out something about the defense, and that's just the fact that Rams now have eight takeaways on the opening possession. That's ridiculous. I, is there
1: a stat for that? Is there is that a record of some kind? I,
0: I wonder if it is. I the I hope Elias Sports Bureau, ESPN
1: stats and info yeah. like will help us by
0: looking that up. Because I, I did ask Wade Phillips about that last <coughs> week um, at his press conference, and he was saying the only other one that I can kind of remember being like that. You know, he's basically the encyclopedia of the league, right? So he said in the seventies, the steel curtain. Had, oh, okay. had, like, four takeaways in a row. Yeah. And when he was on that staff... I think it was either... I think it must have been in New Orleans or in Tennessee um, with his father, but... Uh, excuse me, it wasn't Tennessee, then it was Houston, the Oilers. Yeah. I'm thinking the same franchise. Anyway, but he said... He remembers saying, like, hey, like, we should probably not throw it, because they've had four interceptions in a row... Yeah. Like, to open the game against them. But, right. again, like,
1: this is... Steelers, I get. They right. were dominating. Right. Yeah.
0: But, again... In at least half of the Rams' games this year, they will have taken away the opponent's, the, the football from the opponent's opening possession. First possession, That's I mean, ridiculous.
1: Uh, fumbles, picks, what have you. Yeah. Uh, so be it. Being opportunistic on defense, special. I don't care when they come. Yeah. I don't care when the takeaways happen, just as, long, as long as they happen. Right. Um, when I think picks, I think uh, Alec Ogletree picking off passes from short distances, mm-hmm. which are almost impossible. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's like, you know what a jugs machine is, right? Yes, of course. Like a pitching machine? Yeah. Uh, And it comes out, that's being five yards away from something that's traveling like 90 miles an hour.
0: Which is something that, which is why I have never tried a jugs machine and I don't think I ever will.
1: Yeah, I mean, knocking it down is one thing. Catching it is almost impossible. So receivers don't do that. To Mm -hmm. see him do that is amazing. Uh, LaMarcus Joyner is the second guy that comes to mind because the, the guy is a hitting machine. And early, if you're not ready for it, remember... In the NFL, today's NFL, you don't get to hit in practice. Right. So you're not ready for that level of violence that early. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah, he comes downhill and boom, I mean, the ball's out. I mean, sometimes you want to ease into contact. Well, this guy's flying into contact. Mm -hmm. The ball comes out. So just being ready to get the ball out is one, and then recovering is something else. So this defense is opportunistic. They believe they're going to get the takeaway. Uh, You can see it in their pursuit to the football. Uh, They are absolutely tremendous. So I don't know if that's a stat. It should be. Maybe after this year after this year, it will be. But I think it will be after this year. First possession, second possession, as long as you take it away, everything's good.
0: Yeah, it, it is. And um, it just was funny this week that Corey Littleton was the one who was able to do that, mm. uh, especially because he was coming in on a spot start. Now, this is actually one of these things that because we're recording on Tuesday we're not we don't really have enough information on Mark Barron to really know what that issue is, whether or not he might be able to play against the 49ers, even if he is able to. Yeah. I doubt that he will. Um, but he had an Achilles issue that sort of flared up early uh, in the morning against Tennessee. And now you gotta remember, I mean, Rams were playing that game seven A ske uh yeah, wait, no. Ten A. M. body clock time. So basically you're getting up at around seven thirty eight, right? So 7.30, that's 5.30 L.A. time. The weather's cold and everything. Oh, yeah. Things just aren't quite right, and that's what McVeigh said um, happened with Mark Barron. So we'll, we'll figure out more about whatever Mark Barron's injury status is um, later on in the week. But just with Corey Littleton, to, to be able to come in, and we know he's gotten these practice reps, mm-hmm. but to come in the way he did and to make an impact play on that first possession, that was huge.
1: Yeah, he's they really like him. Um, you may actually gain some oomph against the run with really? him in there. Oh yeah, the guy can absolutely bring it. He's dynamic. Uh, they loved him coming out. Um, yeah. They thought he might be a little wiry, a little skinny mm-hmm. coming out of Washington and he's really filled into that, that frame of his. So I, I think he's going to get nothing but better. Um, the thing I like about him, like I said, he's, he's unafraid to stick his nose in there. Right. He will hit you he's great on special teams. Mm-hmm. And he's also, his, he's raising his football IQ uh, to see where he lines up and how he lines up and how he's getting guys lined up in front. He's still asking for direction sometimes from the middle linebacker, from Ogletree. Hey, where am I going? Who do I cover? X, Y, and Z. But for the most part, uh, the guy's a ready-made football player.
0: Well, he's very athletic. Very. And I think you, you can see the way he plays and how he's getting better. And when mm-hmm. he's in there on defense, and again, those the practice reps he's been getting, because mm. Mark Barron has been sitting out practices and different things like that, that helps him on Sundays. Oh, yeah. Because... It helped him against Seattle when he had to come in after Mark Barron played only three plays and then making a spot start basically after a surprise happens in the morning and the starter can't go. Well, that's a pretty big deal that you're able to get your first pick on the second play from scrimmage. Then he's able to get a sack later, and that really forces a field goal because the Titans had been moving and they were in
1: the red zone. I would bet once you move into the postseason, I bet he becomes – more of a pass-rest threat than you know right now. Really? Because he's that athletic. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, he's he's good actually backing up from the quarterback in, in pass coverage. Yeah. He can cover people. Uh, you see he can take the ball away, right. and he's good in run and run defense. But going towards the quarterback, I think we, have, we haven't even scratched the surface. Probably When you not. start to send him on blitzes, and he's one-on-one with a running back. Depending on who that guy is, either you're getting run over or run around. Yeah. And he's athletic enough and wiry enough to get his hands on the quarterback and at least disrupt, if not get the sack.
0: They've had uh Corey Littleton in there in certain in certain times, mm-hmm. basically kind of creating a couple packages for him. Mm-hmm. You know, where he has come off the edge a little bit, where he's also been sort of lined up, also as an inside backer. So maybe that's something that I think they've done a little bit um against teams that run it very well. Mm-hmm. I recall them doing that against Philadelphia, I yeah. believe. Yeah, yeah. So that's something that again could be a factor going forward.
1: The three guys, and I hope Mark Barron is healthy. And if yes. you have to go regular, like if this were a meaningful game, uh, an all-important game against San Francisco, mm-hmm. they actually have a fullback and can go twenty-one personnel. Right. That's when I'd like to see, and would you would see all three guys out there? Yeah, Barron, uh, Barron, and, and Oglesby. Yeah. I mean, that's that's a pretty good group. Right. Um, they can all run. They're they're all pretty good run stuffers. I mean, that's a pretty good trio. Mm-hmm. But at some point in the near future i would bet that you're going to see a lot more of him going towards the quarterback in obvious passing situations
0: all right well let's talk about these
1: playoff scenarios Mm -hmm. because now we can oh man i can't Um, my level of math is not that high mine is not really crazy
0: but basically so i did get an email and that's why i'm going to pull out my phone right now um, and that shows all of the different scenarios that can happen um, because there are a lot of different possibilities based on Minnesota-Chicago, Rams-San Francisco, New Orleans-Tampa Bay, Carolina-Atlanta, Seattle-Arizona.
1: Okay, tell so, me if I'm wrong. Are you locked into the third seed? You are not locked into are the not third seed. You are not locked into the third seed. No. Th- but you, can imp- you cannot improve your position with a win.
0: Correct. Okay, that so, makes sense.
1: That's the best way I can explain it. Well, right. Go ahead.
0: And so that, to me, is why I, I almost think it's just more valuable to just rest your starters. Okay. Because, basically, if you win, you're in a situation where you're more likely to face Seattle or Atlanta than anybody else. But...
1: If you win. If you win. If you lose. If you lose. I hate even saying that, right?
0: Right. Then you're going to... You could play Carolina, New Orleans, Atlanta, or Seattle.
1: Wow. Okay. It behooves you to win.
0: It, it behooves you to win. Yeah. It does.
1: And, and that's every week. Okay, so right. there's nothing different.
0: Right. Yeah, okay. It, 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 it does behoove you to win. But, again, you're... You're still – there. if I'm looking at this correctly, and because there are so many of these things and I'm looking at them, I'm not sure, but I do believe that there's a possibility that you could win and then you could still get jumped by Carolina.
1: Yeah, Minnesota has to lose. Right,
0: Minnesota has to lose. So, again, if that happens, it happens. And I, I guess it does behoove you to win. But at the same time, like it just, yeah. To me, I, I don't know, man. I just almost feel like you, you well, want to get way, those starters. To rest.
1: I, you know, and I've had fun with this. You know, would you rather avoid Julio Jones or Cam Newton? And at th- at this point, it doesn't matter. They're all good, right? They, yeah, they all can beat you, and vice versa. So, right. um, opponent, great. So be it. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, but I said this a long time ago when Cam Newton came out of Arizona or Auburn, and watching him grow and mature in the National Football League, mm-hmm. just his ability and how he plays against the Rams' defense, Yeah, um, that's probably the one guy, if I could pick, okay. that I would rather avoid in the postseason.
0: You know, so as I'm looking at this, what I kind of didn't realize is that um, Carolina will not be able to jump the Rams if the Rams win and if Carolina wins. Because okay. I kind of thought that they would. No but okay. apparently like looking at this that's not the case. That's so fuzzy math,
1: man. Yeah. Yeah,
0: it's it is fuzzy math, but it's this is what I'm looking at is coming from the league. So yeah. that's how I know I'm right about it. Right. So in that way, yeah, I guess it really does behoove you to win because if yeah. you win you are pretty much locked into that number three seed.
1: And this is funny. When when you give out those scenarios and you throw out Seattle, people are actually, oh, you can play Seattle again, and they're relieved. Why? Remember, you're one and one against them. Uh, yeah. yeah,
0: And they beat you at home. They did beat you yeah. at home.
1: Okay, 42 to 7, I get it.
0: And the, that was not that long ago. You no. know what I'm talking about? Like yeah. a revenge game? Yeah. If anybody probably knows how to play revenge games well,
1: I think it would be them. Is Russell Wilson still alive? Yep, he is. Then fear Seattle. Yes. I, I don't care what you did to him. They're right. still good. Right, right. Yeah, so either way, look, opponent doesn't matter. If this team is firing on all cylinders, uh, like I, they still have to play you as well.
0: They do, and, you know, you could, be face, it, you could be facing Carolina if you lose. You could be facing New Orleans if you fall. And there's also the possibility of Atlanta, apparently. But, again, it's just, to me, I, I don't know. I, I just feel like it's probably worth it to get those starters some rest. Well, yeah. I mean, D- despite the fact that if you yeah. win, you're you're likely locked into that number. No three one seat. is
1: good enough to call their shot against. I want to play this team. Maybe in, no. the, N- maybe in the NBA, yes. Not in the NFL, where anything could happen. Right. I-, I bet the same people were shocked that last week was a game. Oh, mm-hmm. they should just mow down Tennessee. Well, this is the NFL. I kind of thought that they should have mowed down Tennessee. Well, the, the other there. team gets paid too. They do get paid and to. they work and, hard. Yeah, yeah,
0: and they work hard. And, and Tennessee, especially, they have, they have good players. They have yeah. Marcus Mariota, who is a good young quarterback. They have a good defense. They got a really good defensive coordinator, so it's not a surprise that. And they have a really good returner too, in Dory Jackson. Yeah, right? like it's not a surprise. Their team that, has
1: lost what three straight, and they still have a shot for the postseason. Yes, yeah, they're not bad.
0: Right. Yeah. If they beat Jacksonville, they'll, they'll be in. Yeah. So you're right. They're not a bad football team. It's not like you know you're going to play the Owen 15 Browns.
1: It's it's different. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So look, opponent doesn't matter, but um, I, I I still think. Keeping Jared Goff, Todd Gurley, X, Y, and Z, your star players, your Pro Bowl guys, uh, keeping them healthy far outweighs picking your opponent. I,
0: I really do, Far do outweighs. Because, yeah. yeah, it's like you were saying earlier, you know, the Rams just have bigger fish to fry than this game. Yes. You know, and, and despite the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo is playing well, and I, I understand the fact that, like, look, nobody really wants to pay to come see backups. Like, that. I, I understand that. But I, this team wants to win the Super Bowl and you have an opportunity to do that because you've punched your ticket to the tournament already. Right. I you're not going to be able you know nothing is guaranteed beyond tomorrow in the playoffs, yeah. right? The only thing you've guaranteed yourself is a home playoff game. Right. So no matter who your opponent
1: is, you're just you're you're going to be in. Right. Now, the Rams have actually something to play for so to speak. You just illustrated that. Right. But from a San Francisco perspective, what is the point of playing Garoppolo? Keep you know he's your, your guy.
0: Keep your forward momentum, I guess.
1: Okay, but you know he's your guy. Yeah. He's played well. You've been better because of him. I think you've, you've finally started winning time of possession. Right. Um, your first downs are up. You're yeah. on the field longer. Yeah. Your defense, as a consequence, is playing better. Right. Uh, your special teams, because of the esprit de corps, is playing better. So, obviously, he's as good as advertised. Why play him on the road in the Coliseum? the last game of the year in a game that doesn't matter does the six wins matter uh, I think six wins is better than five one better than five actually if you lose it is actually better for draft position absolutely so I mean there's no guarantee Garoppolo starts and plays the game it's interesting point
0: I mean I guess I just from their perspective and I, obviously we're not there and I'm not there mm-hmm. so I don't know but it just seems like because of the forward momentum that they have, and momentum is, like, one of these words that we use in sports, and it doesn't mean that technically yeah. by definition. But, it, the, I don't know, you you have a real positive feeling about right. this team right now if you're them, right? You know, right. you got Carlos Hyde guessing, kind of jokingly yeah. saying, oh, next year we're going to the Super Bowl. They have not lost since Jimmy Garoppolo took over a quarterback. Yeah.
1: You know. They scored 44 uh, points, points against, against Jacksonville. Right. That's huge. To me, that's it. Right. When you beat them up like that, yeah. Garoppolo my guy. We're better. That's it. C.J. Beathard, it's your game. Hmm. That's what I would say. To to
0: show what why, even can do it? It. Right. It. why even risk going right. Why even risk it? Yeah, I guess. I mean, but even if Jimmy Garoppolo suffers an injury, you know, you do have the entire off season in
1: order okay. to take care of that. What if it's it, a twelve month injury? It, what if it's Teddy right. Bridgewater all over again? Right. Yeah. I mean, anything yeah. could happen. That's, that's what, true. So. And even if you do, let's let's say the Rams, and we don't know. I mean, the Rams could play everybody, yeah, if they wanted to. It's true. But even if you are playing a short-handed Rams squad, you're playing against Sean Mannion. What does that win do for you if you're San Francisco, hmm. if you're Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, we beat the Rams at the end of the year, but they didn't play anybody. So what so, momentum do you uh, have? But you, right. A
0: win is a win. I don't know. Right, you, still, right. you want you want to win these. You want to win every game you can.
1: Very true. I'm with you. you I, take but, every victory I, you can, but, but you have to be smart, right. too. Right.
0: And, and, yeah, I just, the way I see it, it's just, okay, even if you are, even if you're in a situation where you drop to the number four seeding, you end up having to play New Orleans or Carolina.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, if the Rams I, dropped in Tennessee and they really needed this one. Then it's Garoppolo, Goff. Let's go. Yeah, yeah. But now, come on. You wrapped What's it the up. Point? It's Right.
0: It's it's yeah. You, you do have just bigger fish to fry. Right. But I think knowing that if you win, you are almost you pretty much locked in at the number three seed. Mm-hmm. That that kind of does make a bit of a difference. Right. Um, and, we'll see. And, and yeah. Yeah. And fans say you know you want to be the highest seed because that means that you know should one of the two home playoff uh, two divisional game hosts lose, you know what I'm saying? The the teams that have a bye. Should one of them lose then, and you're still winning, then you're the highest seed. I think my my bigger point to that is, A, that you're only guaranteed tomorrow. So you cannot look like two games past and think, oh, well, if, you know, then we can, like, eh, I don't know about that. And number two, actually, the Rams will play better on the road than home this year. I mean if we just look at it. Like they, they have.
1: I mean it's hard to disprove it. Yeah.
0: They you know they're yeah. eight they, they're eight and one in games away from the Los Angeles Memorial Coliseum. Yeah,
1: Philly at home. You had Seattle at home. You had Washington at home. Washington at home. I mean Washington was rolling at the time. Yeah, Washington Ooh, was good. rolling yeah, at the they time. They were good. And the
0: only yeah. other game you lost was at Minnesota. Yeah. And Minnesota also was rolling at that time. And yep. there's that was just a game where you just couldn't really get anything going.
1: Yeah. So Again, Give them credit. That defense was good. That yes. Yeah. No,
0: that defense is great. It's been, it's been great all year, yeah. and they were great mm-hmm. on a Saturday when they shut out the Packers mm-hmm. too. So, again, that, that's just, it's fun to talk about that
1: this year, you know? True. Thinking about what we were talking about a year ago. Draft. Yeah. Right now we're talking about the candidates. draft. Yes. Oh, let's not do that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Let's so, exercise that. The culture's different now. The culture. Miles is, is wearing a jacket. That's how different it
0: is. <laughs> I See? was wearing a jacket last wow. year. Wow. yeah. I'm just wearing a jacket because we shot Rams report it's and like when I didn't going to go a back to the
1: last year. Now this is more like going to a party. It is. Anyway. It's way more like yes. going to a party.
0: Um, so before we get out of here, how was your Christmas? Was Great.
1: Fun. Yeah. yeah, they're still there. They're still at my house. <laughs> <There's no laughs> they won't leave. <laughs> I love my family. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like 1240 on
0: December 26th. I feel like it's time for them to go. No, right?
1: they can stay as long as they want. Yeah? it's my family. You're saying, nicer than I I'm am. I'm saying that to you publicly. Now when we're off air, oh, yeah, time to now. go home. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> No, it was great. You How, just about told on yourself. I'm just How about yours?
0: How about yours? No, it was fun. Um, I mean I didn't really do much of anything. I was just kinda in the apartment watching football and basketball. By and yourself?
1: Music. Yeah. You could have come over, man. Oh no. We had more really... than enough food. That's really okay. <laughs> you should have come over, man. We had fun. The kids had fun. Well, and, yeah. I was
0: up I was up the night before. I we had, we were celebrating the, the division championship. Ah, okay. A little yeah. Hello so, fun. Yeah, hello fun. It's nice fun, to so. be young and single yeah. and
1: yeah. All well, I stuff. didn't really
0: go. Out, out! But I was uh, with some uh, some of my colleagues, good. and we had a nice time.
1: How did it feel? It felt good. Good. That yeah. was cool. Yeah. It feels
0: good to cover a division champion, man. I
1: can't wait until that gets old. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, another hat. Oh man. Oh, another t-shirt. Darn! I don't think it's gonna be. Old I can't wait till that for, gets old for a really long
0: time. <laughs> um, all right, everybody. So thank you so much for tuning into this edition of Between the Horns for Demarco Farr. I'm Miles Simmons. We'll see you next time.